Okay, so hi everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of Faith Renowned Insights. I'm Faith Renowned. Today we have Paul with us. Hi Paul, welcome to the show. Isn't Thank it? you for having me. Great I'm to be here. I'm glad to have you. I'm glad that you're here today with us, Paul. So Paul, before we get into the actual show, can you introduce yourself to the listeners for us, please? Of course, yes. So I'm Paul. I'm Head of Global Engagement and Head of Careers and Employability at University of Birmingham Law School. I've been teaching more in different universities for nearly 20 years now and before was a solicitor working in a commercial law firm so really looking forward to being here today and talking more about careers and education thank you paul that's really really insightful and you've clearly had a wealth of knowledge and experience so hopefully that can really come out here today when we ask you some questions so i just recently i noticed that through linkedin that you, that you recently went to dubai to cover a colleague so how's this month been for you so far it was a fantastic experience obviously brilliant thing about being in Dubai in November and December was that it wasn't snowing or raining. It was fantastic. <laughs> but weather aside, pretty good academic experience as well. The University yeah. of Birmingham, about three and a half years ago, opened up a Dubai campus and we launched right. a master's programme there about two and a half years ago. So it was my first experience of teaching there. And it's a really interesting student cohort, very international students mm-hmm. from all over the world, many of whom work in the legal profession and are doing the master's degree alongside their their jobs. So it was great to go and teach them and I very much hope to go back again soon. Yeah, it sounds like it was such a fulfilling and and, um, enjoyable experience. And I've always wanted to go to Dubai. Maybe one day, probably next year, I'll have the opportunity to go because I did do some reading about the the University of Birmingham's campus in Dubai and it it does look, it does really sound very interesting. So Paul, I'm really glad that you had that opportunity and that you you really enjoyed it as well. Um, So just briefly, um, what are you looking forward to most next year? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, (laughs) It's hard to say with the way everything's I'm hopeful that we might get a bit more normality and to get back to how things used to be fully a couple of years ago because obviously working in education and focusing on careers and employability there has been a lot of changes and disruption for for students and staff in the last couple of years so whilst we don't quite know what's around the corner hopefully we'll get a lot more normality just as we have over the last term actually but even more so which will bring back a lot of the really positive things about education and careers for students and staff that I think we've all missed. Yeah, thank you, Paul. That's really, really great. And I share the same sentiment as well. I think returning to some sense of normality would be ideal because I'm still, you know, I still have the hybrid learning. So the lectures are online, well, they're they're optional online, the seminars are in person. So it would be good to return to some sense of normality. I say that, but then I do enjoy having some things online because it means I can kind of spend more time with my family in Birmingham, right? Than 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 if it was all in person as well. I think it's pros and cons. I've just been doing a a lecture today, actually, in a big lecture. But it is pouring with rain in Birmingham currently. So I think it's the kind of day where probably everyone would have preferred to be at home. But it was was still nice. Theater. Yeah, I share the same sentiment. Like I woke up this morning, I looked out my window, I was like, oh no, thank God I'm staying inside today. Thank God I'm not leaving till tomorrow. So I'm really happy about that. So thanks, Paul, for sharing that. So everyone, that's a brief introduction about who Paul is. In the next section, we'll be diving a bit more into his educational history and then we'll move on further into the interview. Okay, so Paul, so can you talk to us a bit about where you went to university for your undergraduate studies? Yeah, of course. So I went to the University of Leicester mm-hmm. uh, in the Midlands. Um, I 
like a lot of students thought really carefully about going to university and yeah. where be. Mm-hmm. But having been to a number of different open days and explored different courses, I chose Leicester. Mm-hmm. The reason for that was I actually did a degree in law with French and there's right. not universities where you, you can actually do law with French. Mm. So for me, having looked around the few that offered that program, it's Leicester that I chose. And I had a fantastic experience there as a student in many ways. Yeah, um, wonderful. Um, so you said that you had a fantastic um, experience there as a student in many ways. Now, can you just name, maybe name a few of those ways as to why it was so exciting and engaging? Yeah, of course. So first of all, the course itself, Law with French, really interesting course where you get to spend a year studying in France right. and studying not just law, but French <laughs> as well. So it was okay. a really interesting programme of study. Mm-hmm. Another great thing about it was the the university itself. It's not the biggest university. It's not as large as many others. Mm-hmm. So that mean that it was really friendly and easy to settle in. Right. And as a really down to earth university, I, I felt that I met lots of like minded people who were just really easy to connect with. So mm-hmm. it was a really positive experience. And funnily enough, as I'm sure we'll go on to discuss, having studied there many years ago, yeah. I returned there for a master's degree and then also returned there briefly as a member of staff as well. So there must have been something about it that I love. <laughs> that really drew you in. Yeah, Paul, that sounds yeah. really interesting because I think, you know, choosing choosing the university that you're going to study at is really, it's a really, really big decision. And I think it shouldn't be taken lightly. So I think what you were saying about having, being able to associate and hang out with like with like-minded people, that sounds like, you know, one of the big reasons um, why you chose that university. Um, so you said that, that, that you, um, you know, that you read law with French university. Had you always been interested in studying French or were there any other languages that you were interested in before that? I think it's always been French for me because that's what you certainly back when I was at school that was the language everyone did at school it was always and I'd always quite enjoyed it so it seemed like a good fit for me Mm -hmm. and actually time I know there's some more diverse courses now and there's more diverse language courses that you can do at university but at that time it was very much a focus on French French yeah So, so that's what I went for. Yeah, that sounds really interesting because I actually used to speak French when I went to secondary school. I went to Jabaston High School for girls and we had to do um, languages. Yeah. So I did um, Spanish for GCSE, but then I dropped French. Right. So but I think for me, I, I was always drawn to Spanish more. Maybe it was the fact that we used to have a house in Spain. Maybe it was that it, it, it kind of resembled English. I don't know what it was, but there's something about Spanish. But I do still see that kind of appeal of French because it's wonderful to speak. And I have a cousin who's actually born in France. So we, I thought, I thought, so every time I message her, I'm trying to message her in French just to keep that like side of me alive, really. Because um, language- Good idea. So you have to try and keep it going, don't you? Exactly. I, I um, don't really get much chance nowadays to speak in French. But if, if I can watch something on French in French on Netflix and so on, it makes me feel Agreed. good keeping the skill going exactly somehow. agreed and that's why I say to the listeners actually Paul that if you are wanting to learn a language or if you want to you know if you or if you are currently learning one and you want to kind of you know immerse yourself further into it then do go onto Netflix and do find you know programs you know movies and series that aren't actually in English for example Italian or any other language and that will really really help enhance your skills in it it's a wonderful thing to sit there and listen to people speaking in a different language and try to you know identify that and be like oh my gosh yeah I understand that or maybe I don't understand that and come back to it it's so good it's really good yeah so thanks Paul that's really interesting um but I want to kind of delve a bit more into your decision to study law um initially so what was the catalyst that caused you to want to study LLB law so it's a really good question and and I think it's um probably a similar answer as it is for many law students these days Mm. that sounded like an interesting degree um when when we look at like the numbers of people that now do law degrees it's a huge number it is yeah year and I think 
what people are looking for and what I was looking for was a degree that I thought was quite professionally focused right. that would lead me towards a particular career. And, and I have to admit to, to not <laughs> that much about law and exactly how it would work when yeah. I made the decision. But I, I just thought it would be a good degree that could lead to a good career. And I, I thought it'd be interesting. I knew that it involved quite a lot of reading and writing, which are things I've always enjoyed in my studies. So, mm. so I thought it'd be a good fit. And, and it did turn out to be, obviously, I really enjoyed it. And then we went on to, to teach law as well, as I know we'll, we'll go on to discuss. Yes, we will go on to discuss that. Thanks, Paul. Great insights once again. But just um, stemming from that then, so have you always been interested in law? I wouldn't say so particularly. <laughs> I think it was more a case of looking around and researching when I was doing my A-levels and realising that this could be quite a good route to go down. And obviously, yeah. I did work experience, which is something I always recommend to people to mm. Um, what the, what potential jobs resulting from a degree are actually like. Also, I spoke to people that were lawyers just to gain more insight into their, their roles and also people that were doing law degrees. I, I spoke to a couple that were on law degrees just to, to gain an understanding. So I think yeah. doing that level of research before you commit to anything is, is a really good idea. Yeah, I completely agreed. I share the same sentiment. Once again, research is very imperative. It's very, very important as well. I think, you know, doing your research really helps you to make that right decision because, you know, choosing a university and choosing a course shouldn't be taken lightly, as I said before. Um, but I just want to ask as well. So you said that obviously that you were aware that, you know, law was a lot of reading. Um, you know, for you, how important is reading then in terms of your education? I mean, I've always enjoyed reading. I think, and I think that's the key thing when, um, I knew I was comfortable with that. I had the idea that doing law would involve quite a lot of reading and I've always quite enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I read quite a lot for pleasure, less so now as I tend to be quite busy, mm. but I'm really comfortable with, with, with the idea of taking on a degree that would involve a lot of reading and, mm-hmm. and business really. It's something I'd encourage people to think about because what you study at university and different careers do involve different skills and it's a case of thinking about what you'd enjoy where your strengths are and and if you're comfortable with for example a career that involves a lot of reading through documents or a degree that involves quite a lot of heavy reading every week it would be better for some people than others some people might perform prefer more of a practical flavor and and more an activity-based career or or degree rather than one that's quite academically focused yeah Paul that's honestly a great distinction to make there I think that that's very true some people prefer more of a practical degree whereas some people prefer more more academically focused in the sense of more reading more preparation that's required for example that you know I think it's through reading politics at King's that I've really learned what it means to have you know a lot of reading to do so for the seminars we have like hundreds of pages of reading you have to get it done obviously they're not expecting you to read everything you know in detail but you have to have a summary or at least an idea as to what's going on so I think that politics is definitely been a good stepping stone to get into law because it's prepared me with, with those skills of reading and really you know building on the topic at hand and you know having a level of understanding um which is definitely needed for law as well so again completely agreed with that um I just want to also ask then so you mentioned work experience and you said that's really important but you know on a scale of one to ten then how important do you think work experience really is I'd say ten but <laughs> not in a way that people should panic right um, okay it's important I think there's a few reasons mm-hmm. One is obviously the, the immediate benefits that come from it, such as um, gaining insights um, into different careers and also helping you to develop your, your skills. Um, but th- there's more than that, really. Mm. Um, it has more of a long-term benefit, I'd say, because if you've got work experience, it does help you to, to market yourself more effective to effectively to employers as well. Mm-hmm. And um, 
employers are usually looking in applicants for some level of work experience. Now, before anyone panics, it just <laughs> amazing work experience. I, I usually think that experience working in a shop for mm. a year part time while studying is actually more valuable than a week shadowing a lawyer, for example. Right. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot of skills like communication, self-organization, mm-hmm. working as a team if you're working in a shop. And, and actually, when people talk about work experience, when employers talk about work experience to me, what they're meaning is really just that people have done things beyond their studies. And it mm-hmm. doesn't have the most amazing work experience. It's just something in the <laughs> work which has helped you to develop insights and yeah. skills and can help to shape your your future career. So I would say it's 10 out of 10 important that any work experience that you can get is valuable. Yeah, thank you, Paul. That's really encouraging to even me as well, you know, being a student currently as well, that, you know, it's any work experience that's really going to make the difference. It doesn't have to necessarily pertain to your future career or your course, as long as it's something that really shows, you know, certain skills and gives you that opportunity to like, you know, to find out who you are and learn new things about yourself. And I think I love what you said, don't panic. You know, it's going to be okay. Just find anything really that can embellish those skills that you currently have or build or develop certain skills as well. Um, wonderful, wonderful. That's really, really insightful, interesting and engaging for me to listen to um, as well. So to all the listeners, don't panic, as Paul says. Find some work experience. It doesn't matter what it is. We could be working in a shop. Um, you know, just do it, enjoy it and, and add it to your CV and it will really make a difference in your future um, as well. Um, yeah, so this kind of flows into actually, this isn't actually necessary to do with your educational history, but it's right to, add, to ask that now. But what previous work experience have you undertaken? So going back in the past, yes. I had quite a lot of work experience. Um, so I had various part time jobs when I was studying and studying at university which you know would again just very basic jobs but gave me experiences in the workplace yeah. and there were all sorts of things from shops to office work mm-hmm. then additionally I did do quite a lot of legal work experience yeah. but that was really focused on helping me decide what I wanted to do and a lot of that was during my degree it wasn't at an early stage mm-hmm. counting them up I'd say I actually did 10 different bits of work experience but mm-hmm. in the legal sector but only a couple of them were formal pieces of work experience right. of the just internship kind a lot of it much more informal such as um asking lawyers if i'm that i met if i could go and spend a couple of days with them in the office i did a, a placement in a company in the legal department that i arranged off i went into court and observed what was happening in court and then from that got a placement just sitting with the court staff and observing what they did so mm-hmm. A lot of it was quite flexible. It wasn't your typical internships, but all of it was insightful and combining that kind of professional work experience mm-hmm. with other day-to-day work experience that I'd had. It, it gave me a good starting point to think about what I needed to be doing, the next steps and what I was well suited to doing. Yeah, yeah, I think clearly it's really helped, you know, in, in your future career as well. But it, for me, it really shows that you were that you were really proactive with it and you really cared about your career because rather than just, you know, you know, waiting for things to come to you, you really got up and went to get it yourself. And that's great. I think what you said is really um, commendable and inspirational when you said that you actually asked lawyers, can you actually spend a couple of days in their office? Now, that might be it might seem daunting to the listeners, but that made a difference, didn't it? Right. To yeah, your, that's yeah. what you need to do. I always say to people, if you ask people, mm-hmm. you're never worse off because even if they say no, yeah, you 
hasn't got worse <laughs> and in some cases it will get better because someone will say yes if you ask enough people exactly and that's really i think that's a key takeaway right don't just wait for things to come to you get up and, and really go and make a difference um as well and go and find out find that work experience i feel like because if you hadn't done that who knows what have happened right and those you know those work experiences were, cre- were clearly really valued right and they clearly made a difference so definitely you know um as paul said they, they might not all say yes but you know let's say you ask seven people and one says yes that's still one you know valued experience uh, you know valued work experience right so that's yeah. the key takeaway so thanks paul but i want to also kind of delve more a bit a bit um delve more into law rather so what is your kind of favorite type of law then because there are so many types of law right yeah i, I was <laughs> saying my favorite type of law is not one that people normally get excited about at all like, when you talk to students about what they find interesting it's usually criminal law yeah rights law or intellectual property on the business side but yeah. those are actually particular areas that interest me mm. um, there's a variety of areas I like but probably my favorite one and it really isn't very exciting is property law I always loved really? studying property law yeah I found it really interesting to study I, I was a property solicitor for a time right and enjoyed that and I, I teach land law which is property law now so strangely mm. that's just always clicked with me and it's hard to explain it I don't really know why that is, but I think we all find things that we just naturally take to. And for me, property law would be one area that I've just always enjoyed studying and also working in as well. Yeah, interesting. So property law is for you what human rights law is for me. So although I haven't really had a lot of like a wealth of experience in that, I know that I want to do something pertaining to human rights, right? And justice and equality and things like that. And really help to represent people who haven't had their voice listened to or heard as of yet. So that's really me. So I can see, I can really sense and hear the passion in your voice when you talk about property law. And you know what? Even though it's not the usual, you know, route of law people might necessarily champion or favorite or, or favoritize, but it's about what you like. Like, right it's, it's very subjective yeah. it depends on who you are and I think as long as you found that who cares if no one else likes it you like it and you've gone and got it right so that's what matters exactly um, exactly yeah definitely property law for me other areas just, I also quite like I do I do find employment law very interesting so yeah. like the workplace that I suppose is is a bit more easy with and also business law generally I mean I'm interested in the law around businesses and how they're recognized but it's always been property law as the main one yeah I mean I I actually do agree with you though because although human rights is my main you know point of interest I am still interested in employment law and you know looking at tribunals and things like that and you know like you know just in the workplace etc and I am also interested in business law as well I'm kind of quite interested in commercial law um Maybe because I had, I undertook a um, a brief, I think it was a two summer work experience with Bright Network, commercial law internship. Maybe that kind of shaped my view yeah. on it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, that's, that's for me. And I think, as I said, again, it's very subjective and it depends. So now let's kind of explore a bit and let's kind of talk a bit more about your MA at Leicester University. So as mentioned before, you did mention it, it was the same university that you did your undergraduate um, studies at. So uh, I think you've already spoken about why you chose Leicester University, but why do you think that you, you know, that you decided to stay there again for the MA? Yeah, again, that, that probably what I did is different from the advice that I would give a lot of students, because often right. I advise students when they're looking at a master's degree, mm-hmm. not to look at their current institution, but also to look more widely, because there could be other really interesting courses at other universities and you can often gain quite a lot from experiencing a different environment and a different right. Now, that isn't quite how it worked out for me. The, the reason being a bit like the reason why I chose my undergraduate course was that I wanted to do a part-time degree. 
and there's not that many master's degrees that are part-time I needed to fit it around my full-time job okay. and one specializing in employment law um which i was i was very interested in and there were very few options for that so a bit like my undergraduate degree it was a case of looking at where it was available mm-hmm. and what fits in with my own circumstances and and that's what worked there wasn't anything else i found that was was comparable whereas i would say to your listeners mm. master's degrees are a big investment shop around and think carefully about where you might go and where it's going to be best for you yeah definitely do shop around I love that phrase yeah do shop around um and do find what is right for you but I think Paul what is um interesting though is, is although you didn't, didn't necessarily choose a different institution you still enjoyed it right I think enjoyment is a key part of it as well and enjoying the course you're undertaking really you know enjoying where you are as well and I think that's important and I definitely would again you know um would again reiterate to shop around that's really important as well um and I think thank you for, once again for sharing that insight into why you chose you know to do your MA at Leicester University um so I just also noticed that you um you undertook your postgrad in teaching and learning in higher education at the University of Wolverhampton so what was the highlight of that experience for you and why did you choose the University of Wolverhampton I know that 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 was an interesting one because Mm. uh, usually people coming into teaching universities are not qualified teachers right that's standard when someone becomes a lecturer at university they're not qualified teachers but there's more and more of a recognition Mm -hmm. that sometimes knowing about a job for example being a lawyer doesn't necessarily qualify you to teach well about law or any other subject so there's an increasing focus on in universities on people having some form of teaching qualification so it's now condition when someone gets appointed as a member of teaching staff a new member of staff they have to do some kind of teaching qualification usually institution where they're working mm-hmm. now for me, I ceased being a lawyer and moved into my teaching job it was at University of Wolverhampton mm-hmm. and the requirement of the role was that in my first year of appointment I had to do their own internal teaching certificate which I did and that was actually a really good experience because I think we all have ideas about what good teaching is mm-hmm. but some look a bit more at the theory of it and also have some formal training in teaching was very valuable and and it was good because it wasn't just a, a course focused on teaching law the people on it were students from across all different areas of the university right. it, it took quite a wide approach to what good teaching is and, and it was definitely eye-opening and I learned a lot from that year of the of teaching qualification yeah that's really really interesting um so everyone if anyone heard that notification it was just the nhs indicating uh, to me that i'm eligible for a free nhs flu vaccination so they've got oh, my back good news. yeah good news they're on the, on the list <laughs> i've made the cut um but yeah paul great insights once again and thank you for um setting the scene there and telling us a little bit about why you undertook that course so i was actually doing a bit of digging in a non-stalkerish way i was just finding some information about you on linkedin and i noticed that you won um, an outstanding teaching award was this at the university of Wolverhampton or was it separate well, there's been there, there have been a few. Yes, um, there have. Um, the the most recent one was at University of Birmingham. Actually, um, it was nice. the first year I joined. Mm-hmm. I won um, the outstanding teaching award, which was very unexpected mm-hmm. and a, a real honour to receive that because I, I love teaching yeah. and it was just the first year I was at the university to be recognised for the teaching life. So it was fantastic. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. And everyone, we're just going to, so in the next section, actually, Paul, the list actually stems quite nicely. In the next section, everyone, we're going to jump a bit and talk about the University of Birmingham as a nice natural continuation. So we'll do that in the next section.
Okay, so Paul, so as you mentioned before, you were honoured with the Outstanding Teaching Award at the University of Birmingham. So in terms of the University of Birmingham, can you tell us a little bit about your role as the head of global engagement at Birmingham Law School? Yeah, so it's a fantastic role that I've had for two years, which involves representing the law school on an international level. Mm -hmm. And that involves quite a number of different things. So first of all, it's liaising with students around the world who are interested in studying in Birmingham. Obviously, in that would involve traveling to, to meet, <laughs> which hasn't been possible. It's mostly yeah. from my spare bedroom at strange times of day with the time zone. But <laughs> I mean, it's been students from all around the world thinking about Birmingham for their studies. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I deal with student exchanges. So we have a whole range of different universities around the world that we're partnered with at Birmingham where our students can go and spend time, often a whole academic year. Mm -hmm. And I work with those different universities and also the students from overseas who come to Birmingham for their studies. Also, I work to promote the university internationally so that we're well known across the world. And a key part of that recently has been working with our Dubai campus. We obviously mentioned my trip to Dubai yeah. quite recently, and, and it's building up the profile and activity on our Dubai campus as well. So I've, I've always had an international interest, having studied abroad, mm -hmm. um, abroad a bit when I was a lawyer. So to be able to be based at University of Birmingham, but have a very internationally facing role has been fantastic for me. Yeah, Paul, that sounds really, really interesting. To be honest, I've always had like an international focus as well and interest. Um, I have always been interested in the international things, you know, globalization and things like that. And I've always wanted to find out how things kind of move from like, you know, the national to like the international, etc. So that's also something I'm quite interested in. Um, I want to just there. So, so this really stems into the next question. So you um, also mentioned that you've previously been a lawyer, right? So what was the kind of highlight of that experience then? Oh, it's a good question. So I was a lawyer for about five years right. um, and mm, in a variety of different places. So mm -hmm. Birmingham, London, also I worked in Paris for a time. Right. I, um, again, probably the highlight was the international elements mm -hmm. that the, the type of work that I did at the firm was often quite international. It did have travel opportunities involved, working with clients all around the world. So some of the transactions, business related transactions that I undertook relating to Paris, that was and, and that was often for um, international clients looking to invest in French businesses. That was just a really interesting experience to, to work in another legal system and see how transactions operated compared to what I'd experienced previously in England. Yeah, great insight. Once again, Paul, that sounds really interesting as well. So what tips would you give to those who, who want to become a lawyer, but they aren't necessarily sure as to how to do that or... Yeah. Okay. I would say a lot of it goes back to what we discussed before mm -hmm. about, first of all, work experience and secondly, yeah. networking. I think it's really hard to know what it's actually like to be a lawyer until you speak to lawyers and see what happens in the workplace. Mm. Studying law at a level or at university is really different from actually being a lawyer, sometimes right. in good ways sometimes in not so good ways and it's important <laughs> to to try and understand what the job is and yeah. if it suit you and, and also there's many different types of lawyers for example what you do as a corporate lawyer is very different from what you do say as a criminal lawyer or a family lawyer and it's thinking firstly if you want to be a lawyer and then secondly if so what type of lawyer you would want to be and it's really hard to to come to those decisions based just on reading about the work or studying a subject so mm. Any work experience, again, is really useful. And also that kind of networking angle where you get to speak to people or maybe attend webinars or events where you hear from lawyers 
about their work. Obviously, in this virtual world we now live in, there's plenty of online events. And also, of course, there's LinkedIn, which is a great way to connect with people you don't know and get in touch and, and sometimes just see what they're doing, what they're posting. Does it look interesting or not? And you, yeah. you soon, soon start to, to form an idea of what lawyers actually do, if it interests you. And if so, what types of law and what types of lawyers might be appealing to you? Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. I do think there's a difference between studying something in theory and then actually putting it into practice as well. And that is kind of the danger of, so a lot of people have said to me, Faith, it's good that you didn't study law at university because um, because it would kind of give you a false idea as to what it's really like. Um, do you agree with that? Or do you think that that's far-fetched? Um, I think it's different things for different people. I think um, those that haven't done law at university can often do really well in the legal profession because they can often bring another subject and another perspective to law, which is very valuable. But having said that, often people that have done law have that depth of knowledge that is also valuable. So I'd say it varies from person to person and from employer, but it's a case of thinking about what suits you best and making the most of the skills and experience you have, whether that's law or not law. Yeah, thank you. That's really that's a really interesting perspective on that as well. So um, you also mentioned networking, right? So you said that networking through LinkedIn, which is obviously how we met and how we're doing the interview at the moment. So um, would you say that it's really important to have a LinkedIn profile? Um, obviously, having a LinkedIn profile is very important. But do you think that LinkedIn is the only place they can network or are there other kind of like avenues or places or websites that they can do the networking? Say LinkedIn is a really good foundation mm -hmm. because um, it's a good way to see other professionals and maybe meet people whose career path or background is um, similar to your own or what you're aspiring towards. Right. The amount of information you can find out about people on LinkedIn in a, a non <laughs> way. Um, so I think it's a good start, starting point. And particularly then if you engage with people, having yeah. a LinkedIn to stay connected with them is important because mm -hmm. if you go to a networking event, of which obviously there's many, mm nowadays you wouldn't really connect with someone through email emails get lost all over the place so having that link profile for me is at the very heart of what what you need to be doing as a as a student and aspiring professional so I'd say get on LinkedIn if anyone isn't already on it mm -hmm. and then using that profile and therefore if you do go to events you connect connect with people you can look at people of interest and just just more more of a network and more connections through through being there and it's 100% what I encourage all of my students to do yeah that's really great that's some really sound advice actually to really I think networking is very very imperative and I have personally because a lot of my guest speakers I think probably the majority of my recent guest speakers that I actually found through LinkedIn so that's a real example as to how you know beneficial LinkedIn really is um, and that's the thing about doing podcasts because your voice gets really dry all the time and that's I know the thing. I know I find the same with teaching as well it dries <laughs> out the throat when you're talking so much exactly so that's why I've always got a bottle of water with me um you also talked about webinars then so are there any upcoming University of Birmingham webinars webinars or any legally oriented webinar people can really get involved with? Absolutely there's um, a huge wealth of webinars and that's really a difference from before the pandemic before the pandemic happened in person mm -hmm. but there's a real benefit now to the webinars that you can get access to events that you would actually have to attend before mm -hmm. a lot of people can attend a webinar you can get hundreds of people on a webinar compared to maybe only 50 in a room yeah and it really does open up diversity and new opportunities and the chance to engage with people that you might never get to meet on the other side of the world, potentially. So mm. employers or universities are running lots of different webinars constantly. So I'd say just keep an eye and see what, what's out there. So as, as examples at University of Birmingham, we run lots of different webinars for prospective students. Mm -hmm. We run online events for current students. Mm -hmm. We also 
promote events by other organizations such as careers organizations to our students right and we run really high profile events so for example in the legal side we have some really high profile legal guests who come in webinars which we make available not just to our own students but more widely to the general public right. and it's a really good resource that just didn't exist before the pandemic so mm. I encourage everyone to get online see what you can find and get registered for a few webinars yeah I will I will probably I will probably do that as well I will probably register after this episode's over just to make sure that I'm basically in the loop as well I think you know because I think the interesting thing about the pandemic is that yes it shut a lot of things down but it also opened a lot of doors as well you know through the the, um, the online the virtual a lot of technological developments that we wouldn't have necessarily seen if it wasn't for the pandemic so those are so like, yeah. I think there's pros and cons of the pandemic as well right so yeah. obviously people have died and obviously you know that's obviously a really negative thing um and obviously things have been shut down and the economical um you know impact but there's also been things of the online and certain opportunities been opened up for other people as well yeah um, i totally agree i think i think it's th- those opportunities that sometimes we overlook and and um, just to give one example i've yeah. noticed i think for a lot of students mm-hmm. the thought of attending a, an in-person careers event particularly if they're at quite an early stage as an a-level yeah. student or a first year university student it's quite intimidating when you if you're, particularly if you're going on your own and you don't know who you're going to meet and and a lot of the time students just wouldn't go because they, they wouldn't feel confident to do it yeah but online events even if you're not feeling confident you can log in you can sit in the background and get more of a feel of who goes what goes on mm. and the time confidence does build up and people are able to go to more events to participate more maybe go in person as well so for me that's been a, a positive all of all these online events it's not just yeah. that well it does actually help students to build their experience and confidence as well I completely agree with that, actually, because I was speaking to some people who said that if it wasn't for the online, they wouldn't have gained an insight into what it's like. And now they're kind of now things are kind of returning to some sense of normality. They're now feeling confident to go in person. So that really confirms, you know, what you've just said is that's really true. Right. Because when you're online, you can sit at home, you can grab a cup of coffee, you can sit with the family. You don't have to be isolated and go by yourself because I did go to a few um, in person, in person open days alone because my parents are working, you know, and so on and so forth. So but now my parents and I can sit at home together around a laptop or on the tv and we can log in and things happen like that as well so there's so many opportunities that the online world has really brought to you as well so that's honestly great now I just want to kind of really explore a bit more into what you know what was it like or what is it like being a lecturer because I know you're very passionate about teaching Wow, I think it's a fantastic job. Mm. For me personally, I enjoy it a lot more than other careers I've had before, but that's just me and my skill set and what I enjoy. So one of the things I like about it, I I do enjoy teaching, but specifically, I really like working with students. Um, I'm really rewarding working with students, helping them develop their understanding of a subject, and particularly my role around careers. I love because it's helping give people advice and support them on the way to achieving their individual aspirations. So I think the rewarding aspect is really important for me. It's also really interesting. There's a lot in a big university you can get involved with. I'd say much more than many other jobs. I find there's a load of opportunities here to shape your career, have yeah. new experiences, learn new information that you didn't know before. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. <laughs> Another thing as well, I guess, is the work pattern. You, mm. you do find it's sometimes really busy as a lecturer, yeah. but you have got quite a lot of flexibility flexibility and control and of course like students you do get some quite nice holidays as well so (laughs) for me it works in a very good pattern yeah yeah well with my lifestyle as well 
yeah that seems really good like I think it's good to have like a work-life balance so you have some time for yourself and you also have some time on the job as well so that's really good as well personally um when I'm um when I become a barrister god willing I would also like to lecture in my spare time because I also like teaching and I'm currently tutoring some people as well every Saturday and I love that I love seeing the smile on their faces when, when they get a question right it's just such a rewarding experience and it's something I definitely recommend to all of those who tutor as well and um this isn't an advertisement but I do tutor uh, for my dad's business called Logos so if you are interested in either you know tutoring or being tutored then uh, let us know so yeah Paul back to you um so yeah everyone in the last and final section we're going to talk a bit more about some law questions and then we'll end today's episode Paul, do you think that the type of university that you attend impacts the law firm that you have an opportunity to work at and the type of and the type of opportunities that, that you are then offered? I, I think it does from my experience. Law firms are more and more conscious of diversity and looking at a diverse range of applicants. But having worked at a number of different universities, mm. it's clear that law firms do have a preference and then the business sector generally does have a preference for graduates from Russell Group universities. Yeah. In section is that um, Russell Group universities are most selective and okay. their, the firm is only targeting a small number of universities. They will often go for Russell Group universities. For example, if you've got 150 universities to, to look at, yeah. you then focus those where you feel the strongest candidates are and that those typically will be Russell Group, not exclusively, right. but but very often. And, and what that mean, again, from my experience, that there is a large difference um, between different types of universities in terms of student experience as well. Mm -hmm. Russell Group University, we have constant contact from employers. They're really keen to work with us, right. really keen to engage with the students. And that gives rise to a lot more opportunities than I've sometimes seen at other universities I've worked at, where employers, to be honest, aren't quite as interested. So what I would always advise a student is to look at career prospects and think widely about going to the most prestigious university you can. There's been a lot of research done around this and the outcomes of students depending on the university they go to. But if, if you can get into a reputable degree at a reputable university, that will bring more opportunities for you. And after many years of working with students in different types of universities, yeah. it, it is clear that certain universities do present an advantage for students over others. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Actually, to go, yeah, I think it's as you mentioned to go for a reputable university, uh, you know, to get into the most prestigious university as possible. And that's a really interesting perspective, actually, and quite interesting because I have personally seen that. I think I've interviewed a number of people so far, and you, you know, you all have you know completely different uh, perspectives. So it's really up to you and the listeners to decide what you believe, right? Because some people say, "Oh, it doesn't matter." Others say it matters, but not so much. But you've said clearly, quite categorically, you know, um, employers are more interested in the rest of great universities and it's best to go to the best university that you can possibly get into because that then basically widens the opportunities, right? Uh, thanks, Paul. And the last question really before we, we close today, what traits do future lawyers have to demonstrate in your opinion? Uh, so a really good question. So if I put myself into the position of the employers, yeah they're looking for is academic ability so because as we said it involves quite a lot of reading writing and academic skills they're looking for a strong academic profile in a levels and at university so that will be a starting point 
But obviously, there's, it's not just the academic side, it's skills as well. So that's where having some form of work experience is important to show that yeah. you work with other people, that you can organize yourself, you can manage your workload, and generally that you're involved. So involvement in extracurricular activities as well. Really, legal sector employers are looking for a full package. Yes, academic, but not only academic. Having those kind of transferable skills and experiences to work with colleagues and work with clients as well. I know, again, when you're looking at applying for roles, it can feel like a lot to achieve. But what we <laughs> give for any, any aspiring lawyer is think about what you enjoy and what you can get involved in that links to that. Don't do loads of things just because you think they look good on your CV. Think right. about what what maybe you need to do as a part-time job or what you would you to do maybe as an extracurricular activity a right. hobby that you, you can showcase and add to your cv to impress future legal employers because I, I think it is very much that mis, mix of yes ticking the academic box but what else can you offer as well and if, if you're good sociable person with, with academic ability and other interests and skills then you'll fit very well within the the legal profession and it's then a case of deciding well what sort of legal role I want is it a big glitzy American law firm or do I want to be a criminal lawyer somewhere in my local high street for example there's lots of opportunities and it's thinking where you want, want to fit best. Yeah, thank you, Paul. That has been really, really insightful, actually, to say that, yes, it's good to have certain experiences, but it must be, yeah, they must help to, you know, get you to where you need to be in the future. And what you said as well, there, there's a wealth of, of opportunities, right? And it's up to you to decide which ones you really want to go for. And I think that you, you know, what you really said and what, what we want to echo and reiterate before we end this episode is that, you know, it's a combination of like a number of di different traits, right? So yes, you have to have the academics, but you also have to show a practical awareness and practical skills as well that's really important because people sometimes put more of an emphasis on the academic and forget the kind of sociable and then vice versa as well so it's about having a mixture of both that's imperative that is so important so thank you paul for such you know great insights and talking about your journey talking about you know your teaching and everything that you're currently doing um it's been really exciting for me to listen to you i know the listeners will really really have benefited from this really great episode but this, i know i said this is the last question this really is the last question how can the listeners get in touch with you after the show linkedin is the way to go <laughs> really good way to get in contact because then you, know, you can connect with me i can see who you are and it's a, it's, a, it's a great way to exchange messages and um, just just keep in touch that way so i'd really welcome anyone adding me on linkedin once they've heard this episode thank you paul um for all of your insights and thank you for coming on the show so everyone that's it for today um i'm faith for now your host this is um your host faith for now signing off do follow me at faith the insights for all the latest updates and use the hashtag faith the insights to comment on the episode have a great day everyone